0: Yeah, listen to how ridiculous this is. Can we? Can
1: we talk? Can we, can we talk about your ringtone for a second? <laughs> no, I,
2: I would like to talk about your ringtone. Are you uh, a member of the '90s sitcom Friends?
1: Do you have? Do you have a red phone with like a, a wheel to dial numbers? Are you asking me? Because that's not my sound. That sound didn't come from here.
2: Uh, who's responsible? Ty. Tyler. Tyler Lessard! Tyler has gone to answer his grandma's phone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he actually has.
3: So I saw someone on Twitter just now who said, in relation to the, to the Barcelona money, who said that with the Neymar money, so the 200 and something million, right, they should go out and get Dybala, Verati, and Osman Dembele. And that person is insane because you can barely afford one of those. You can't even afford two of those, much less three of those. And I just want to say that person doesn't make any sense.
2: I mean, sure. But what would be a better situation is you suggest an idea and then we tell you what's wrong with that rather than.
3: I think they should spend high on a forward. And to me, that'd be Osman Dembele. Or even a guy like Dybala, I think he could work even starting from the left. But a guy like Osman or Dibala or something like that is going to cost like around like 100 or something like that. And then just spend money on a good center mid. To me, it would be a guy like spending like 30 or 40 on, on Seri. From Nice would fit in and is better than what they have. So
1: I don't think DiBala yeah, would doesn't... be a good idea, bro. Well, they have had they've had enough trouble or made enough trouble for themselves trying to trying to fit people who don't like, really fit together.
2: Like squeezing three elite forwards.
3: I think Dembele would would fit better, to be honest. I I'm just saying, like a guy that works well from the left and is a really a really good player, like a top a top player. And Dembele has a lot of years ahead of him, so Dembele is ideal, and it costs like. The melee would cost like upwards of 100, right?
2: I don't think that's necessarily true. You get them for
1: around like ninety hundred probably. Less,
2: I think Dortmund have a record of letting great players go for relatively small numbers, and especially when it's like Barcelona, the pool that clubs like that have, and
3: yeah, I guess. But the thing is, we got But what my point is, like, let's say that they spend ninety on the melee. They can't just spend the rest on a centre mid like Ferrati or something like that, because Barca actually needs the money. They're not in a great financial situation reportedly, so that's why I'd say buy someone like Dembele and then spend instead of spending all the money that's left over on Verratti, it would be another 110 or something like that, or 120.
1: What makes what makes us think we can, they can get him at all?
3: Yeah, or even that. Instead of that, they just should just spend it on Sarri and then stay with the rest of their money, because they need it, apparently.
0: I don't know, I just think it's Tough to plug in the, the money values for the transfer without considering the wages. Like, does one Neymar
3: equal three
0: new contracts to three, like, the hottest players in Europe?
3: Even just talking generally about money and about money in football, or talking about money in transfers, like... Well, we don't know shit about any of it. It's just speculation. There's our intro. We don't fucking know if he's, like, if it's a good or a bad deal for PSG, because we don't know PSG's accounts. We have no idea if 220 million is like a third of what they have or a 15th of what they have you know what i mean like i'm
1: I, pretty sure I, it's not a theory. yeah i
3: i understand i'm just tossing around numbers 15th. my point my point is just that like we don't know and we can't judge a player's transfer uh, value or we can't judge how much someone or how much a club spends on a player no, but we without can... knowing without knowing how much the club has to spend
2: we can speculate within reason in that the name was one of the biggest stars in world football and you assume that his wages are high and that, that that those wages can reasonably be split across at least a couple of high tier players yeah but that's assuming they're not
0: in debt and that they want
2: to reinvest at all
3: i mean if they let's let's do this if Barca doesn't reinvest at all let's imagine that they don't reinvest in any new players at all delantero becomes a starter and what happens from there
0: i think they're better than they are last year because they have a better manager and better structure people are fixated on Players more than.
3: Yeah, I understand that, but I think you're underwriting Neymar.
0: No, I think Neymar is the second best player in the world. Player to give them with on the right. and
3: Messi's not going to move to the center.
1: No, no but. They but have a right No, back but now. Nels- Nelson Zameto. I mean, he's. That transfer is worth so much more than just. He's worth so much more to Bartha than he would be to. Yeah,
3: for sure. For sure. And he's really the type of player that they needed.
1: Exactly. So he's worth so much more than, than just himself. Because Sergio Roberto is, like, objectively a great player. And. Like even watching him centrally, he's great. I wouldn't mind starting him centrally, but
3: that's that's what I was gonna say. That's that's another good boost is Sergi becoming an option centrally.
2: So like that brings two things in that you've got a uh, a genuine natural width from the right back, and it means that Roberto can play central midfield. Uh, Rakitic has had this like weird role over the last couple of seasons where he's played like this sort of vaguely right wingerish central midfielder, and having some natural width in the right back. Means that he can play a more traditional center midfield role. So those two things. Yeah, because he's had,
1: he's had to overlap overlap when Messi goes inside because they don't they haven't had a fullback to do that, and he doesn't have to do that anymore.
0: Their counter pressing will be better too.
1: Yeah, because you have you have players occupying the right areas, and you have better natural spacing when you turn the ball over. But I was watching uh, and this is preseason match, so I mean in terms of results and. General performance—you don't want to take too much from it or anything from it. Even in that match, uh, Rakitic was still overlapping and spending a lot of time wide.
3: But was was Smeda on? Was Smeda one? Yeah,
1: Sameda was on.
3: Yeah, but it's gonna—it's gonna take him—it's gonna take him a little while until he starts like getting confident in the Barcelona squad to start overlapping and taking responsibility offensively.
1: No, no, but he wasn't even being cautious. He was just traveling inside a lot. Okay. Which I wasn't expecting which
3: he does that often he, de- he has done that for years, like that's the thing with Nelson Smith is that he, he underlaps overlaps a ton as well, like he doesn't do it as often as he overlaps,
1: but he's played behind Salvio right
3: yeah, he plays behind Salvio Salvi's a pure Salvi's more of a pure winger he does enter the box a lot, but it's through the like through wide areas, but the thing is that but if goes often against like closed down teams uh when Salvi was giving the width. Uh, Smith would often underlap and create danger inside the bots. And I remember him scoring a few goals like that.
2: Just for clarity, is that underlapping like uh, both going inside and going beyond the defensive line, or is that coming inside in deep areas in sort of an inverted fullback style? It's more of the latter, yeah.
1: Like acting like a midfielder in possession, essentially?
2: The, it depends
3: on the situation. Like the thing is, but if you like to attack a lot through like um, super quickly and use a lot of width, and so Smith was often used just to overlap. But in those matches where teams were super close down and they were, like, at home trying to score against a bunch of nobodies, as Nathan would call them.
2: I'm in tight that position.
3: Yeah, I know you do. Salvi would often exploit the wing instead of exploiting central areas because he's a natural winger, right? The biggest thing with Barca I don't think people talk about is
0: other players are all older than when they were using the style, like, four years ago at their peak. Like, I went back and watched matches from, like,
2: do you think that they are capable—the older players, Busquets, Messi, Piqué, whoever—of potentially replicating the previous start? If you arc? have
0: Busquets and Iniesta and unathletic players in the middle, you're going to be tr- uh, vulnerable to transitions, like inherently. And then you put Messi in there, who doesn't do anything without the ball. He
1: honestly doesn't. It's incredible watching him. He doesn't do shit out of possession.
3: We're gonna we're gonna get so much hate for this, but I'm loving it so much.
1: Busquets
0: is incredible as far as like anticipating the first pass and a counter press and reading the the lane and everything but if you get if you get past that or go over or around him he's not going to make up ground like this is a plug 100% but marco serrante like if you put him in barça their transition defense would improve so much because he covers so much ground and if he can get a shoulder on anybody he's going to win the ball and like when you have messi and Bisquets busquets in the middle and a shitty structure with Rakitic up on the right like
2: you turn it over and you're fucked Tell us about uh, Llorente. Tell us more about Because we don't
3: hear nowhere near enough about Tyler speaking about L- Llorente, right?
2: We do, but, like, the four listeners we're going to have need to know. If he's not starting by January,
0: I'll delete my account. That has been recorded. This
2: is recorded, dude. Nah,
0: there's exceptions here. Like, if he gets yeah, into legal trouble or some stupid shit. You can't tell me one thing Casemiro does better than Lorente right now. Positioning. Yeah, but that's such a vague. Like, it's just I can't prove you wrong, so it's easy to just like, okay, I agree.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not quantifiable.
0: Something that's said about young players. Like, I didn't know anything about this guy. I learned about him I think two months ago. I literally just googled his name on YouTube and looked for cut ups. Why
3: why why did you why did you look him up? Because you knew he was playing well for Alavés. I,
0: I don't even think it was that. I think he was in the uh, under twenty one. Euro squad. I think athletically, he's like one of the best already in the world. Like he's that good athletically. You don't understand. Yeah, you
3: know, you know. It's interesting because like at Alavés, he often doesn't. You know, you know the clip that you tweeted the other day yeah. of him uh, basically chasing down a guy yeah. and getting the ball back. He wasn't forced into that as often with mm-hmm. Alavés, obviously, because you defend a lot deeper, right? Yeah. So so I I wasn't so I wasn't aware of his of his capacity in that sense. So I was very impressed with that specific gift. You know it's I mean? hard to
0: to just say, uh, like describe his physical traits, but I've tweeted clips. Like his just strength as far as exerting strength into challenges and shit, it's ridiculous. I have his stats up right now. He's got uh 75% tackled a triple pass and the threshold is 45 to 72. He made 3.75 tackles, 2.6 interceptions. His passing is insane with both feet. He can dribble, like, I don't know. I just think he offers a lot more than Casemiro.
1: I'm gonna second that. I was, um... It wasn't the first time I'd heard of him, obviously, cause one of my best friends is, uh... is a huge Real Madrid fan. And he'd been raving about this dude. Then you see this this 22-year-old Spanish kid who's playing at LFS. And he's fucking lighting it up. He's, like, top 20 in pretty much every counting defensive metric. His passing numbers and... He had six long balls at 87% passing rate, Yeah, too. which is like, that, that's Carrick stuff. So, uh, so, I've been aware of him. I think that was January, yeah. So, I've been aware of him since then. And, uh, and yeah, he's never disappointed. I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting for Real Madrid at all. I think he offers a lot more than Casemiro, like you said. But I also think that part of the reason why Casemiro's in there is... It's going to sound cliche-ish and probably very football-twittery, but it's because of how little he wants to offer.
2: Can you expand?
3: He limits himself a ton and then to let Modric and Cruz uh, work their magic.
0: Yeah, with the fullbacks, you're almost always defending with three. Benefits
3: them a lot. So it's going to, it's never like, if even if Llorente starts playing for Real Madrid, Llorente is not going to be playing at his full capacity if Zidane doesn't change what he does, which is like limit the DM to like a traditional defensive mid like function.
2: Sure and and why would you change that because that's obviously working so incredibly well.
3: Yeah, there's no reason to change. I'm just saying that Llorente is never going to be playing to his full potential.
1: I think that's a simplification. It is a simplification, but it's hard to quantify, shit, and it's hard to it's hard to put that downwards. Um but if you look at it, like Real Madrid probably have three, they definitely have two and they probably have three of the best 10 central midfielders in the world. And I see I see no reason why Kovacic couldn't do what Casemiro's doing. Really? Yeah, I mean what what Casimiro's doing out of possession. Yeah, even out of possession. You know that inevitably if you put him in there, he's gonna do incredible shit, but you're also probably afraid that if you do turn it over, they're they're gonna be Because all right. Who plays who plays defensively like Real Madrid does? Can you name a team that plays even similarly? <laughs> they're doing very little midfield pressing. It's they're pressing high. They do very little after they've bypassed that initial initial line before okay. until until they get like they go they go very deep after that i don't know if that's it's kind of hard to formulate it especially in uh
0: no I, I know what you're saying I yeah agree. they do the same stuff with the ball in possession they have a lot of players just committed to keeping the ball and rotating it in a u opposed to yeah penetrating yeah society. i agree i agree that's what cruz cruz sits back marcelo has like more of the ball than casemiro which is weird I mean, most teams you would you would go through the
1: defense. Yeah, bit. but most teams most teams don't have that discrepancy in ball playing ability between.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this all fits with Lorente.
2: I'm not agreeing with the idea that Lorente is likely to break into the first team this season.
0: I think I just think he's more willing to try. Something unexpected with the ball and the play out and to take someone on in a deeper position. I don't think it's necessarily that he's undisciplined or no, I would never I would ne- attack minded. I think it's just he, instead of clearing it or instead of passing sideways, he'll take players on. Sure, I mean he only completes point eight dribbles per game, but it's like it's more ball pro- progression and carry Okay,
2: but is that of any value to Real Madrid's If if you added that aspect to Casemiro, would it have even a marginal impact on Real Madrid's performances? I mean, yeah. Why? I don't think just because they're the best team means they can't get better. I I agree that they they can improve, but I think that um when you have Kroos and Modric, there's little value in asking your third midfielder to do anything other than just defend and recycle the ball.
1: I think that's hard to say without having seen it in action because if if that if if, that, al- a passer, yeah, if that allows them to move further up initially and build up, have them access channels like sooner,
0: varied, two-footed, I don't know.
3: Yeah, but Tyler, tell me something. Cause there there there's something I'm not sure if I agree with you. So like, do you think the Oriente should start for Real Madrid or do you think he will start?
0: I think he should.
3: Yeah, I agree with you there, but I'm I'm pretty sure he won't. Like I'm I don't see a situation where Zidane will switch that up. You know what I mean?
0: I don't know. It's just more like seeing the two and yeah, I kind of agree that it might not happen, but I think
3: then why are you saying that you're gonna delete your account if you if he's not
0: in he by January? He just wants a reason
2: to delete his account.
3: If you see him in training every day, I think
0: it would be hard as a manager just out of out of principle to not say this is the guy we're going with because he just he's a better player. It's not. I don't think it has to be this
2: super knock on effect complicated which, thing. Which brings
1: it back that. to Kovacic.
2: Okay, so do you think that Lorente is defensively as good as Casemiro? I have no idea. Like I've. As good, probably better
0: as far as like technically defending, like going into tackles and stuff. Is he as aggressive? And
2: I th- I'm thinking more I mean, I, mental attributes in terms of positioning. I have reading. no idea. There's, you need a huge sample I, size.
1: Plus, they're playing I have no they're, idea. To be able to, you play haven't play seen Llorente in, in Real Madrid system, yeah. and you haven't seen Casemiro on LLS's no. system or Spain under 21s. All I'm
0: going off is that he has crazy defensive output and that he's more athletic. If he's, I mean,
2: positioning is nearly impossible for us, to exactly. Say. My view is essentially um, if Lorente is even 5% less good defensively than Casemiro, then all of the potential upside of the rest of his game is um, not worth it. I think at one point we haven't mentioned that's really important is that Casemiro has been the
0: luckiest man alive for an entire season. Yes, now. please. And he's avoided red cards. Like, he's been so. If there was a stat called. I don't expected think he ever cards, got a red card. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, though. If there was. Like, people... I'll, I'll mention his disciplinary issues, and you-know-who will tell me, oh, he doesn't have any red cards, as if that means anything. It means something. No, it doesn't. It means he's been lucky. He's, he should have been sent off, like, four matches in a row. It's the same thing as you're talking about someone with a low amount of expected goals. When Casemiro gets, gets sent off in a big match in the 15th minute, it's gonna matter.
1: It's crazy how decisions that you can't impact, and even... But even decisions that are objectively wrong, like yeah. not sending Casemiro off, and same thing with uh, with Rojo at United, how that yeah. sways public perception, because both of them should have objectively had like two or three more red cards than they did. If Casimiro was sent off in, in three matches, his in, entire public perception this
0: summer would be different. It would be that he's this hot-headed, hot-headed liability, not this defensive mastermind.
3: For example, that didn't happen in Portugal. Like, Casemiro in Portugal, didn't I didn't notice... That in a sense of like he was aggressive, sure, but like I can't remember at least not at the f- not off the top of my head.
2: Would it be reasonable to suggest that uh, Real Madrid's style of play puts him in positions where he has to dive in?
1: Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. The way they the way they abandon <laughs> abandon their own fucking half.
2: But that's
0: why I think having a better athlete in Urente is beneficial.
3: That's nice. Shall, shall we move on to a different topic? Go on. So uh, I was gonna I was gonna suggest something. Just, just slightly different. Um, Tyler, tell me what are your thoughts on the existence of an all-star match in the MLS?
0: Oh my god, I, <laughs> think, go I think.
1: Go ahead, go ahead. I th- okay. Let your anger out. Do you want to do this?
0: <laughs> I think it's weird that they have. Do you friendlies. think
3: it hurts the league or do you think it benefits it?
0: I think short-term, it maybe gives them some buzz and headlines I don't know around the world probably stretch but it gets them on like the national news here and I read that it's like the most uh viewed game on tv out of the entire season Christ that is fucking defragic
3: that's I also
0: think like it's easy to fall into a mindset of treating MLS like European leagues and it's not there yet so it's kind of hard to compare the two yeah and to like look down upon them for hosting big clubs and stuff but, I mean, the really shitty part is you have players that have matches this weekend on, like, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and they just went 45 minutes on a Wednesday night, like, in a friendly, flying all the... I mean, it's... the travel's already ridiculous to begin with, and you have these yeah, it's,
3: the same, it's the same thing as, like, them, stop, them stopping their league campaign to play friendlies against United or, or Freiburg it's or whatever. It's so
2: fucking demeaning.
3: It really is like they're urging their own argument, and the thing is, I don't judge the MLS as if it's a European league; like it's a completely different thing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's twenty years old or something, which is quite impressive in that regard.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. But like they're urging their own argument by pushing on these things, but at the same time, they need the financial resources that comes from it. But at the same time, that could be resolved with outside investment and uh, rules. salary caps. Bullshit, yeah. just completely changing. So it like it's all so, like it feels like they're always constantly fighting themselves. Like the who runs the MLS makes so many decisions that are contradictory, and I don't get it. That's so the funny. other thing
0: that makes it less of a I guess a big deal, but still. I mean, it's really stupid in principle. but Like they they don't uh, follow the international schedule really either. So, all the really good players in MLS that just got called up to the Gold Cup just missed a month of the season, just like that. And while that's a huge deal in Europe because each result has the same weight, uh, MLS has playoffs. So, the value of the regular season matches is less. You just have to finish top, whatever, eight or I don't know. Top six. Top six. Top top six. six in your conference. So, it's still stupid and it still isn't fair that your players are being called out during the regular season. But I mean the playoffs are a shit show to begin with. So if you're the one seed or the sixth seed, I don't know, it's probably not yeah, a huge it's, discrepancy.
3: It is, it isn't. And it's like we and for example, what's the need for the US to play on a annual schedule? There is no need for that. I have like, no they, idea. like they don't they're they don't have like weather concerns in the sense of like where they can't play to the, like they have so many different types of weather. You know what I mean? It's not like a Nordic country or whatever where they or like Norway hey, they play hey.
1: Hey, yeah. watch your mouth. Our weather's great.
3: Yeah, I'm not criticizing. Love, all
0: right. Fuck, fuck, I am. Um,
1: this place, this place, <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs>
2: don't you have like eight months of
0: dark?
3: Yeah, and reindeer everywhere. Bro, he's in Norway, not Iceland.
1: Same thing. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't. They don't have. I don't know if they have reindeer in Iceland, but
3: there's no reason for the U.S. to play on a 2017 or schedule instead of a 2016-17 one, like the rest of the world. That would benefit them a ton, and. And yeah, and let's not even get into promotion relegation talk, right? Free the, free the free the Harrisburg City Islanders. I mean, they,
0: get, would, they, we, they would they would go get down relegated before they yeah, were up. So exactly. <laughs> Whatever the fuck the third tier is, I don't even know.
2: College football.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Relegating right into the NCAA.
2: They're playing high school.
1: We're we playing indoor seven aside with you. Wow,
2: that's too far. <laughs> you have to get from mowed out the sevens into professional football. <laughs>
1: Well, that's basically the way it works in Norway. Like, like the lowest tiers. Like, f- depending on where you are, because there are more teams and more populated regions. But like, f- between fifth and like eighth, eighth division, there are, there are teams that play seven aside.
0: Yeah, listen to how ridiculous this is. So the uh, the city Islanders, their players, or I guess USL. Um, these players are making like shit money, and they're all on short, like rolling contracts. Essentially, like none of them um are in established homes or anything. They're all with like host families or apartments. And um the team has like no funding. Everybody working there is like minimum. You should be now. playing for them. No, I'm terrible. And um So are they guess how guess how far they travel just because the league is so vast. Like guess what the highest they'll go? Highest I don't know why is that highest furthest? San Diego. No.
3: San Diego doesn't even have a team, dude. Come on now.
0: Wow. No, they'll go all the way to like Vancouver. They'll go to Toronto. They'll go to Miami. I don't know. I think they should just fold and liquidate.
3: <laughs> that makes
0: sense. Mean, we all think
3: <laughs> I mean, they should fold because of their freaking badge, dude. So bad. Oh my god. So bad. I can't look no. at it.
0: No, I was just saying that because the travel is an aspect I don't think people realize with soccer in this country. Like, if you wanted to follow your team, you would never follow, like, an MLS club to away matches. Like, it's just not practical. Yeah, it's
3: just not. It's a another thing. Yeah, but on, talk me about talking about... Uh, huge travels um, you guys know that there's a, a team that got promoted to the Russian Premier League
2: I know where this is going uh,
3: that is I don't know if Nathan knows because Nathan is very
2: I'm not even convinced that Russia exists they are basically
1: they're basically in Mongolia right
3: <laughs> yeah so basically all the Russian teams that we know of are like on the European side and this year uh, uh, or close to the European side relatively and this year a team called Khabarovsk uh, came up to the Premier League, and they play near. They're near, from near Korea, so basically, there's. They travel every week. They travel half the world, or every two weeks. That's
2: that's what Leo Paredes deserves. Absolutely, the dream of traveling the continent to play against a near North Korean. Enjoy so. Repeva Khabarovsk. <laughs> let's
1: uh, let's stay in Russia, though. Let's talk about Zenit. Let's talk about who they've signed.
2: Let's talk about Paredes. Let's talk
3: about Zenit in general. It's yeah. Paredes, everyone loves Paredes. We get it, Analytic, analytics community loves Paredes, oh but God. there's a lot more than...
0: Here comes Thiago to talk about the reserve
1: team centre-back
3: But, I mean, there's more to talk about. They brought in a, cu- a bunch of other players too, so...
1: They brought in a couple other Argentinian people. Yeah,
3: they brought in... Namely Driussi. Argin- they brought in Driusi, who scored a ton of goals for River. And they now brought in Mamana as well from Lyon, the mm. centre back, ball playing centre back, young.
1: Was it was it Lyon? Yeah, Marseille? It from
3: yeah, yeah. Lyon. Uh, Marseille doesn't have good centre backs. Marseille has like Rolando starting as a centre back.
1: What was the what was the transfer fee?
3: What what do you mean racist? Is Portuguese? What? Anyway, uh, the transfer fee for Mamana I think it was sixteen million. Sixteen? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think uh, Lyon just doubled.
0: Uh, Holy the, shit, they what, it the is. My god. Yeah, sixteen. And they still lost they lost today in the Europa
1: League to some really. With yeah teams. with their second team though, and they were just
3: then it rotated, yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, still still. But I mean Paredes costed twenty three though. It should have
1: cost more. It should have cost more, you should have gone to a better team, but
3: how big is how big is the Paredes sample that everyone loves? How big is the sample? Uh, A a two-minute cut-up I watched on Twitter when he
0: was an employee. Yeah, my love
2: for Rodis doesn't come from a statistical thing either.
3: No, dude, that's not
0: what I mean. (laughs) That's exactly what I mean. I like his entire aesthetic on the ball. He's like the most lax player ever. I'm just asking how much did he play? He played like that really good radar that's really popular. It was at least 15, 15, 16, I think.
3: All right, that's that's the question I made, and you're telling me that you love his aesthetic. Jesus. (laughs) Chill out, Tiago. I do, I
0: do.
1: So he he played so he played like 2,000 minutes, uh, including 500 Europa League minutes for Roma last season. He played 2,490 minutes in the Serie A for Empoli last season. He was good as fuck for Empoli.
3: With the thing with Zenit that I don't understand, Like I understand that they bring in good players, good young players, and that's all fine with me. The, the My thing with them is, in Russia, I'm not completely sure of the exact number, but there are restrictions in how many foreigners you can use per match. Or per, like, how many you can have in your bench plus 11 or something like that? I don't know.
2: Squad. Yeah.
3: Not not necessarily in the squad in general, just, like, how many you can take to the to the match each week.
2: Match day squad. Yeah. I would Google Russian
0: foreigner rule, but I don't want to end up on a watch list. Uh, you're in
3: the wrong country to to Google that. But they're having, I think they have too many foreigners now, like... They have their UC, they have Juliano, the Brazilian attacking mid.
2: Classic racist Thiago again. Too many fours in your squad. Wow. I'm not speaking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it says there's
0: 10. I googled it. You can have up to 10 and registered, I think.
3: The thing is, well, I'm going to tell you how many they have. They have their UC, Juliano, Noboa, uh, Hernani, who Biff was talking about.
0: Are you sure these players that have been at Rostov can't get, like, a eligibility and in- I'm not talking about those. I'm not mentioning those. You just said Noboa. Oh. Wow. Exposed.
3: But yeah, but Noboa was, was in Greece with Powak before I just, Costa. I
0: just owned Thiago on a Rostov <laughs> player. This is the highest level.
3: Noboa Noboa was in Greece with Powerc two years ago. No,
0: but I'm saying players in Italy get like South American citizenship or whatever after like two years. So could that happen Players in, in well?
3: wait players in Italy get the South American citizenship. the other way around. Players oh, in, in Italy get South American citizenship. Move on, Tiago. Yeah, okay. yeah. How about you ask Nathan where Costa the South Rica Americans
0: is? in Spain. That's what I meant.
3: Or Mexico or whatever. Anyway, I think they they they're gonna they're getting a few too many foreigners because they after Bro, the I'm pretty sure their defensive mid as well. Be aware one. of
0: this, right?
3: Uh, I saw some, I saw some Russian, some Russian, Russian football Twitter people questioning it. So that's what I'm
2: talking about. So they they put themselves in a situation where they're gonna have to not include. Um, foreigners or in matchday squads
3: because they're trying to bring in they're trying to bring in uh the argentinian defensive mid from uh some argentinian team i just can't remember his name at the moment and i told Ty to watch him the other day and he didn't and now i can't remember his name and i sound like an idiot
1: yeah i gotta go because someone just came home drunk but you guys wrap this up
3: someone his name is a Ashkassibar, not Ashkassibar. Is that who's
1: just come home drunk? No, he did not just come <laughs> home drunk.
2: I gotta take a call I gotta take a call anyway. And that concludes this week's episode.
3: No, alright, no. Me and Nathan are gonna stay and argue about shit. Alright. What are your Let's what do. are your worries about such a such a non existent window for Tottenham?
2: That the reasoning behind the lack of activity is one of overconfidence and naivety rather than a uh, a genuine result of the financial situation um, that we've gone well, we've got a really good squad and we've ever performed, therefore we should be happy and just carry on because I think that that is a, a poor way to approach things to expect a uh, a squad that was already stretched fairly thinly to carry on producing results when key players have got a year older.
3: Yeah, so basically you're assuming that you're not getting anyone, which I think you will. I think you'll eventually... Sure. I'm still convinced that you will get Adrian. And I'm not convinced that you'll get many others. I I think you'll get like Adrian and maybe someone else, like some some centre back or something. But uh, assuming that you don't get anybody at all, um, you're just gonna end up doing another star league, Premier League, and another awful Champions League campaign,
2: right? Uh, yeah, I'm not not convinced on that to be honest. How how we perform in, in which competition depends at which points our. Uh, squad faces difficulties based on its thinness. So we happened to be uh, lacking a match fit Musa Dembele during the group stage of the Champions League. Therefore, we performed badly in the Champions League.
3: But you already had Dembele for the Europa League matches. That Dele decided to go crazy.
2: Yeah, we had him. We had him for two matches. We got things tactically wrong in the away match, and then in the home match, we were both unlucky and also lost Dele Ali. 15 minutes into the game
3: you didn't lose then like deliali lost his mind
2: sure like tottenham didn't lose then like it was you're talking as if i did not mean to phrase it that way deliali was a tit
3: sounded as if the, if as if it was this third party that took him away when it was him being an idiot which is fine it happens like i support his idiotic act <laughs> i'm just saying that like uh it, it happens it was like his fault um Alright, so so do you still think that you need uh, what another centre back and uh, the melee?
2: So we need a first choice right back to replace Kyle Walker because although Trippier is good,
3: which should be Ricardo. There's no like this. That's such a non-topic for me. Like Ricardo has a twenty-five million a release clause. Tottenham has twenty-five million to smack on Porto, and Ricardo will just fly to England and be there like tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. Like I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I'm talking about Tottenham specifically, as I think he would fit super well there in terms of like ball carrying and physicality for fullback and everything. But I think in general, any team that needs a right back, Samid has gone and and, uh, Walker's gone right off the market. Ricard's the best right back in the market. He costs 25 million, which is cheap. Anyone that needs a right back should just invest 25 million on a right back like there's no question to me there's
2: also uh potential wage demands and interest from juventus and interest, interest from...
3: juventus hasn't moved juventus hasn't moved on him if tottenham wanted him tottenham would have had him already tottenham they're just you guys just don't move in on transfers it doesn't make like not incisive enough like for like wage demands do you think like someone that that comes from portugal will like want a ton of wa- like it's going to be like regular wage like, you don't have money for a regular wage guy. Like, it's not, like, a million, like, not a billion, si- billion dollar signing that needs incredible wages. Just a regular guy costing 25 million and would be one of the best right-backs in the
2: league. I mean, I largely agree. See his output, see his... like, I don't,
3: I don't understand. Like, it's not like Porto is in a position to, like, discuss or anything. He doesn't want to renew his contract.
2: How long is left on it?
3: I don't. No, I can look it up. But he doesn't want to renew his contract because he doesn't want Porto to up his release clause. So he, he he literally just spent his last two years. Uh, he has contract until 2019. Uh, he spent his last two years on loan uh, after coming from a Porto side that basically didn't give him a chance. And while now he's supposed to be going like to be the starter for this season, like if Tottenham comes in, he's gone. And it's really, Porto can't do anything. Look at Neymar. It doesn't matter how much Barca wanted to keep him. If you beat the release clause, that's it.
2: All right, I'm reluctant to talk about numbers too much. But if I were to speculate wildly, I would say something along the lines of Daniel Levy sees a release clause as the beginnings of a negotiation because he has that price in the bag and is trying to, for the sake of it, because he can, because he thinks it's good business and maybe he's right, um, negotiate a lower fee um, and Porto are saying, no, come on, the release clause is there, just you lose the release clause. As you're saying, that's a good deal.
3: When it's such a no-brainer in my mind, maybe there's something else there, but I feel like it doesn't have enough of a relationship with Porto to even have like pressure to 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 stay. But yeah, continuing, I, I went on a rant about Ricardo. Yeah, you need a, a right back.
2: We do. Uh, a right-footed centre-back, ideally one who could somehow manage to cover for Toby Alderweireld in mm-hmm. his central center back in a back 3 role.
3: I thought you were going to say uh ideally someone who could pass a ball.
2: <laughs> Essentially that's what I'm talking about. Uh, uh except to uh a, an extreme version of that where we need a center back who is both uh technically and creatively um a very very high standard so that they can play.
3: I think that's tougher to get especially because yeah. then not only is it like a, a specific set of char- characteristics which are hard to get. And are expensive because while well, playing centre bats are expensive because they're rare, uh, but not only that, but you're gonna have to convince someone to be like a bench player because he's not gonna bench Alderweireld because Alderweireld is one of the top three centre backs in the world, and he's not gonna bench. uh Well, Vertonghen, he's not gonna bench, he's not.
2: Uh Potentially, any young right-footed technical centre back coming to Tottenham uh, is faced with the potential to replace Eric Dyer, if you outperform him and if you believe you can outperform him. So it's not completely beyond the realm of possibility.
3: Yeah, I guess. I guess. But, uh, do you th- but for example, if you start the season with a four-back...
2: Sure, but I think... There's just um, no space. Essentially, I also
3: think, I t- I think three-back is the way to go.
2: Absolutely, right? because... Uh, when we play a Wanyama, he isn't a great passer and he can't split the centre-backs. So we can't have centre-backs in the channels. So if we're going to play Wanyama, which we should because he's defensively immense and athletically immense. And
3: he's also a decent ball carrier.
2: Actually, a very good dribbler.
3: Very, A very decent ball carrier. Like, much better than I thought he was before Tottenham.
2: So therefore, um, three at the back is the way to go. So there are minutes for a fourth-choice centre-back or a fifth-choice centre-back.
3: And then you need the, the melee replacement, which ideally would be Adrian. I
2: mean... Well,
3: no, ideally would be Adrian. What I mean is, we supposedly would be Adrian. My bad, that's the moment. Okay. I mean. I'm just saying it's, it's what seems to be happening still. Because it seems like he's leaving, and Tottenham seems to be the club with most interest. I don't know if that means he's leaving to Tottenham or not, but he's leaving. And if Tottenham doesn't, don't snap him up, another Premier League team will. Because he will move to the BL.
2: The Dembele situation is kind of um, complicated because um, it it would be great to have um, backup for him because he is so important to the way we play. Uh, He's 30 years old now and he's injury prone. Uh, He's had surgery this summer, so it'll be interesting to see how um, that has affected things. Uh, But essentially, you would be naive to uh go into a season expecting forty games out of him.
3: But at the same time it's like it should be more of a priority to get a right back, surely.
2: Uh
3: Because yeah. like looking at it from a perspective that doesn't love Dembele more than life, so not yours. Huh. Looking at it from a regular person perspective that appreciates Dembele but also understands like there's more beyond them, like you can play without Dembele and play like with in you know, a four back with Dyer and Wanayama and then
2: Yeah, I mean we've tried that and it did work towards the end of the season. Um, but I'm not convinced by it.
3: And you can even like supposedly shove Onama there, I guess. Uh, like there's options. You know what I mean? Um, nope, forget about it. Uh, onuma just moved to Villa. On, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay.
2: Um, it a- just
3: appeared on my Twitter. Okay. Yeah, I've
2: just seen well. that. So the the Dembele situation is complicated because although we want uh, depth for him uh, for tactical reasons because we want to be able to replicate his style of play. Um, consistently throughout the season in all competitions we also have a very very talented young central midfielder called Harry Winks who we want to develop we want to give game time to who we want to find a way to use
3: but it's different
2: without it's suffocating different.
3: yeah it's not the type, yeah.
2: same time again so um, I don't, for me the ideal thing would be um, maybe A loan signing to fill for a year, but then that means that Wiggs isn't getting game time in that time. Is he going to develop in that time, or is it purely an athletic thing, in which case it's an age thing? The thing
3: is, surely the priority is the. Sure,
2: yeah, okay, right back's first priority.
3: Because, like, because the other. Even if. Even assuming. Assuming that Pocatino considers 3PA a starting option, which I don't, but I mean. Okay. Even if he considers him the ideal starting option. Uh, uh, Trippier is not going to play 60 matches this season.
2: Sure. Uh,
3: like, there's no other option. Like, there's no filling in for Trippier. There is Kyle
2: Walker Peters, who is. He's not bad. Oh, right. He's okay. He's decent. He And he can play both sides. Yeah, right? he can play both sides. He's a good carrier of the ball. Uh, he seems decent defensively, but he doesn't have the athletic size, which is what I think we should be looking for. So he has the same or a similar weakness to Trippier in his lack of pace, lack of strength, lack of size, lack of stamina.
3: Yeah, it's not it's not, the, it's not a pocket in a right back. Not really. That's why I'm finding it weird. Like Trippier isn't a pocket in a right back, but he's not approaching any other right well, backs.
2: he is in the sense that he responds to coaching well, behaves well Pochettino likes him as a person and as a player even if tactically he isn't the congratulations. best.
3: congratulations like you do, you do charity you're going to be a star. I don't think it's I
2: don't think it's charitable I think that um yeah I
3: know I know I know I know what All you right. mean it's just like I'm just joking right but like the, he really is missing some key elements to his game that you would assume would be basic for a, a fullback in a Pochettino system that's just
2: yeah like, I agree but yeah
3: I think you definitely need a right back and if you're going to buy a right back you sure as hell are not going to buy a a second right back to rotate, you might as well invest. But I'm not sure like how much money Tottenham have. I understand that building a stadium is something else, right? Building a stadium means an investment that doesn't even have to do with the investment of that players have. Or that you have on players, but um, does that is that really going to stop you from making transfers at all? Like, I didn't know, I didn't know it was going to have that this much impact. I
2: mean, it was always going to have some impact. The uh, degree of that impact will be hard to tell. I reckon if we come to some, we haven't signed anyone, we'll have a decent idea that the stadium has probably had a significant influence on that. But uh, I think you have to learn from uh, the scum of North London, Arsenal, and say you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you can't spend. Um, and you have to find a way of being able to um, turn money over during that period of time. Even if that means that you make a loss for five years, um, you have to say we don't want to, especially with the, the strength of the position that we have, the, the quality of our squads, the immense quality of our manager, if you want to use up that time, and those group of players on having no incoming players, so uh, even if there's financial difficulty with regards to the stadium you've still got you've got to find a way to bring players in
3: They weren't counting on a on a walker sale to found, to to have the stadium built no. so like at least the money from walker sale needs to be recycled somewhere or at least a good chunk of it needs to be recycled into investing in, on a new player, so. Or
2: you can split up his fee uh, amongst wages and keep the players you have happy by increasing their wages. You can uh, sign available to which a
3: new... we don't know it's happening. Which we don't no, know no. it's happening. Right. So, so it's all just a huge question mark. Are we waffling on for too long? We can
2: we can call it a day.